0: Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner of SandySpiel.com. And with me today is not Ramin Forgani, who is actually getting a break this week after having a, a nice, meaty podcast for us last week, talking about the CTBC Girls Elite Camp over in Austell, Georgia. So Ramin did such a fine job with that. I figured I'd figured I'd give him the week off and I'll take on the producer role over here. And with me today, we have some good guests. And our first guest today is a good one. The head coach of Andrew College, Jamie James Brooks. How are you, sir? Oh,
1: you're just
0: a government name on me. I'm doing great. I
1: appreciate you having me on the
0: podcast today. Of course, of course. So let's let's just let everybody know who you are. So what what school you're with? I know I just I just teased that a little bit, but can you tell us what conference, what level you're at, and what city you're based in?
1: Uh, we're in Cuthbert, Georgia, Andrew College down in Cuthbert, Georgia, Southwest Georgia. It's about a southwest entry, possibly We're uh, not too far from Florida, and really about twenty five minutes from Alabama. So. Uh, Southwest Georgia as you can. Uh, we play in the Georgia Junior uh, College Association, the DC Georgia uh, uh, College Association. Uh, it's a, a very good conference. We're we're all Division One. Uh the that we play uh, at our levels. So really good conference, has a lot of talent in it, and uh, we're excited to be joining uh, the conference. This is our first year back. Get
0: so, yeah. yeah, so you've, you've had a, a full plate of trying to, to get this program lifted off the ground. But before we dive into that, could you just give us a couple names of the teams that are in your conferences for for players and coaches who have heard of maybe these other schools that have been more established because they've been here the past 14 years or whatever. Could you just give us a a couple of your rivals that you're going to have over these next couple seasons?
1: Yeah, I guess we could start out with uh, Georgia Highlands, uh, I think.
0: When did you officially get the head coaching job over there in Edgewood? Uh, January, January, January 6th was my, my, my first official day on the job, and we've been rocking and rolling since then. And how'd you how you get that job? How was the? Uh, I guess you had to go through an interview process and everything. Did you did you really think you had a great shot at getting this, or was it a somewhat of a surprise since a lot of coaches might have put in for it?
1: it and i i didn't really i wasn't really sure if i wanted to get back close to home or not i, I had a pretty good spot in, in virginia and i saw it posted and i kind of thought oh that's cool you know and so you know i didn't really think of much of it and then a couple people text me hey you know you should put in for this job you know et cetera. Et cetera. and you know one thing led to another and interviewed and i was just just fortunate to to get it in and they offered it to me and i was just really excited about being back near my hometown uh, which is about 45 minutes away in
0: leesburg opportunity to get back to the college
1: level as well
0: so to get a job like that obviously you need some prior coaching experience maybe some playing experience could you tell us a little bit about where you were before Andrew, and if you played any uh, basketball growing up and played at the college level, anything like that? I did
1: not play at the college level. I know a lot of people won't experience, you know, you see Division One jobs posted, and they you know, they all say playing uh, play experience preferred. Uh, so I just kind of went a different route with it a little bit. Uh, my first job, my first coaching job ever was at, at a college an back in Texas, Georgia. So I was fortunate to come out at the college level, which is pretty hard to do uh, without playing experience, but I was fortunate to be able to do that. And then from one thing led to another. I was at Middle Georgia. And we had great teams at A-back, great teams at, at Middle Georgia. Got out of it for a couple of years and got back into it and it was with uh, Rico Ruffin, and And eventually ended up on the women's side. So I had a couple years of head coaching experience on the women's side. And that was definitely an experience. And I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot of things. You know, learned what to do, what not to do. So um, I I think all of that just kind of helped lead me to where I am right now.
0: Do you feel like you have sort of a chip on your shoulder for not being a a former college player? Is that something you want to go out and... Maybe no one really cares, but just you intrinsically saying, okay, I didn't play at this level, but I know I know my basketball, I know my X's and O's, and I want to grind and become a really good coach. Right. It,
1: it does a little bit. There's a couple of things with that. That's one of them. And then a lot of times, just in, the, in this league specifically, I'm oftentimes the youngest person at that spot, whether it's... You know, when I was on the women's side as the head coach, I was, I believe I was the youngest head coach in our conference at the time. And so that, that motivates me a lot as well. Um, and just being the younger guy in the league. And I believe I'm the youngest coach in our conference right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so all of that stuff just kind of motivates me. You know, the as you said, and just get things done. And we do a lot of, a lot of things here. You know, we're full blast with, Study hall and weights and you know, individual workouts. You know, on top of regular workouts, practice starts out first. Then you have game time. You know, that's where the practice. You, know, so, you know, I like to think we we try to do it the right way. Uh, but but like you said, there's just other stuff that motivates me to 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 try and become the best coach I can be
0: what's it been like building a program from scratch like where where do you start with that I know that's that's gotta be a lot of stuff kind of being thrown on you at once but where do you start and you work your way up to being ready for your first games that are coming up in a couple months
1: uh, well we first, my first interview I did it was one of those things He asked me what, what we first had to do and it was buy basketballs mm-hmm. and we got we got that done got basketballs we were able to have some tryouts and the retreat were <laughs> good. The biggest, the biggest part in recruiting was trying to figure out how to sell guys on a program that didn't exist. And about halfway through it, I clicked that you know I can sell the school and sell our on-campus
0: facilities. We have you know RAT dining hall, on-campus gym, on-campus housing, great academics here, and I can sell
1: everybody on that. At the end of the day, if a kid is coming JUCO. They want to know how you're going to move them on to the four-year level. And I've been fortunate to have success in doing that moving kids on. And so about halfway through it, I just mixed in a little bit of that, selling what I've been able to do and move kids on, as well as the other part of it too. And so I think that part of then along with getting the money right guys, you know, it's not just about right guys who can play basketball, um, yeah, it's one of those things where if you have character guys who are going to do things the right way when they are supposed to do that goes just as further as having guys that can just play basketball so you have to find those character guys, you have to ask around you have to ask guys counselors, you have to ask you know, janitors, people like that at the school that the kid is at you know, find out about them and just build that relationship a big relationship guy. I just think building a relationship with the student athlete is
0: one of the most important things you can ever do. And you just talked about finding players, but how about how important is it to find the right staff, your assistant coaches, and how important is it to be on the same page with administration? Because there are higher ups, and you have to be able to uh, to work hand in hand with them as well. Right. With with assistants,
1: it's it's tricky sometimes. You have to figure out. You know if they're really able to do what they say they're able to do and specifically in hiring an assistant I didn't necessarily need a guy who could go out and recruit and bring in the best players because I feel that's one of my strong points and I, I, I feel that I'm really good at the recruiting area I was looking specifically for this spot as somebody who could do the other stuff that's involved was able to be really good at individual workouts, who's able to get it done in the weight room, who's able to get monitor study hall, all of the other stuff involved, and of course they'll recruit as well. But there were a lot of emails that said, you know, that had things like, Coach, I have really good recruiting connections in this area, that area, and that's all great, you know, but it's the other stuff that has to be done in order for your program to be as well well and so with, with my first assistant it's funny you're he literally a week and i had known he was, he was a couple of division one jobs and he ended up getting a division one job on the women's side at charleston southern and you know, it was a great opportunity for him you know i supported him a whole way i'm trying to go watch them play this season. and so he was here a week and then Moved on to Division One, so I guess I could say we're moving our assistants on to Division One as well. But we have a guy named Aaron Cobb. Aaron Cobb played at North Alabama for three years. and a really good school. He's from New Jersey, and he's got a kind of a minor work ethic that is something that you look for. As assistant. And uh, when I first started out, I didn't sleep. <laughs> You know, do a lot of other stuff, illustrate basketball. And I just wanted somebody who had my mentality as far as grinding and yeah, just being a grinder and working your off to get to where you want to be.
0: And I think Aaron's going to do a great job for us. When you talk about recruiting, everybody says they're they're a great recruiter and they have ties to this and that. But you mentioned how, how important it is to do the other things, workouts, uh, individuals, everything like that. As a head coach – you you hear it debated across all levels. What what do you personally think is more important, the X and O's or the Jimmy and Joes? What what do you think? Is it is it really at the end of the day just being a mastermind on the sideline drawing up the correct plays, or when it really boils down to it, you need talented players out there, which goes hand in hand with being a good recruiter.
1: I'm not, I'm not really sure if I'm not really sure if one, one is greater than the other. Uh, I think I mean obviously you, you need good players to win. And unless you're I will give Corey Baldwin as an example, When we first started out at True McConnell, it was a much of the same situation as we are here. It's a private school. Um, you know, not many people know about it, things like that. And he did more with and I, I don't it's not a knock on his players, but he didn't have otherworldly talent on those teams. Now, there were some very good players behind there, but he did more with less, and again, it's not a knock on the players, but he did more with less and got to the final four in the conference tournament, you know, back-to-back years, and maybe three years. I know back-to-back years for sure, but I think all of it just kind of goes hand-in-hand. You can work, and you know, you can grind it out and, and be a great X's and O's, you're able to get a couple of really good players to throw into those. Those, you can end up doing a lot
0: better. You've said you've had a passion. You have a passion for recruiting South Georgia, especially that that two two nine area code. Could you just talk about the the type of players that come out of there and the type of players that you're looking to fit into your program to really build something special down there in Cuthbert? Uh, first and
1: foremost, it's it's a character thing. We we have a. We have a great group of guys this year, just from a character standpoint. And, you know, they're doing things the right way, and and just great around campus. They have a great presence around campus. Um, a lot of them are from South Georgia, and you know, it's my hometown area. And, but it's not the only place I want
0: to recruit, but it is a place that I look first. And with that, you know, the surrounding areas, community support,
1: things like that, all of that's going to help build this program just to where we wanted to be as far as (laughs) Um, Andrew College they do things a little bit and South Georgia kids just from what I've experienced and been around and I think I've had South Georgia kids at least two on
0: Looking at relationships, I know you said that's one of your biggest things is building relationships with players. How do you connect to a player? How do you make sure that you let them know that you really do care about them? And then even in the recruiting process, that probably helps out that they know they do have a head coach that is going to look after them. And that, the same goes for with the parents, because if they see that that head coach is really pouring in the time and effort to their son, uh, that's that's a big deal. It's really going to help them sway them and help push them to play for a guy that really cares about their kids? I, th-
1: I think it's just the recruiting process is just showing your face and keeping in constant contact with them. And I don't mean text them every day or call them every day, but just here or there keeping constant communication with them. But, you know, a couple times a week, I'll get a guy, Jalen example. Uh, a very talented player, super athletic, uh, Can get it done on the courts, getting it done in the classroom so far. He ended up signing with a Division II school and didn't get cleared until after school. <laughs> well, before I started, I had recruited him the entire year. He was my first offer, and I probably went, I don't know, 10, 11 games maybe to watch him play, check in on him. Uh, I actually built a great relationship with his family, his dad. Um, His mom, his sister. His sister's a really good track star. Uh, You know, just checking in with the family. You know, I would ask, you know, his sister about, you know, his track stuff. Because I want to put that little shit with the entire family. And because once he gets on campus, I don't want it just to be about basketball. It's about so much more than basketball. It's about 10 years from now, you know, your family, how's your family doing? You know, we could talk about basketball, but it's so much more than that. Um, just constant communication, asking, you know, how's your mom doing? Checking in and, and just once you get to know them, it's not just a, oh, hey, how's family doing? It's not just a general question. Once you get to know that player and their family, you genuinely care about how they're want to know and so i think all of that plays a part into it and the trust factor is above anything else with me um, if, a, if a player trusts you then they'll go run through this wall i'm sitting next to you right now for you and you know would i ask them to do that no probably not but if i did they would do it in.
0: And what type of role do high school and AAU coaches play in recruitment when you're trying to talk to players? Because of course, naturally on their side, they have to look out for their players and they might boost them up a little more, or, you know, bend, bend the, bend the rules, not the rules, but just, you know, give them, put them in a, a, a little bit of a brighter light than they may actually be. How important is that to, to build relationships with coaches, but also be able to say, you know, we, we got to be honest with each other on is this kid someone that is going to be able to play at this level, so on and so forth. Is their character the right, the right, the right mold for us? How important is that to, uh, have those, uh, those, uh, connections with coaches and honest connections? I think it's, I think it's very important. Um, I think from both
1: standpoints, AAU and high school, uh, and I know a lot, a lot of places, a lot of areas don't have AAU and high school folks working together. And I would like to see them do a better job of working together because ultimately it's the student-athletes' interest that we should all be looking out for to begin with. And it's not, a, it's not a thing where we can post on social media, hey, look at my guy. You know, the word my guy is a big social media thing. Look at my guy. Look at my guy. It's not really about my guy. It's about just that guy in general going on to succeed somewhere. And you have to be honest with coaches because that's your reputation on the line. Uh, I tell our student-athletes all the time, you know, if you're not doing A, B, C, and D, I can't afford you with a four-year coach because that's my reputation. And if we send the guy somewhere and the kid just doesn't work hard and doesn't go to class, well, four-year schools, oh, I'm not a to college anymore. Class. And that's why I'm always honest with the four-year and I think high school coaches and AAU coaches need to be honest as well because it's their reputation on the line. And, you know, I understand they're all trying to get guys moved on just like we are at Juco. But once you've got that connection cord with that school and no longer have them recruit your guys, that hurts you
0: buzzword along the junior college level is qualifier. Can you tell us what a qualifier is and how important that is to uh, you as a coach when you're trying to get guys to your school? Yes, I, I think the misperception of, of
2: being a qualifier is that qualifiers
1: don't go Juco. And that's not true. We have We have all first-year guys here. Out of our 13 guys that we have, five of them are quali- full qualifiers. One of them is a partial qualifier. And partial qualifier, he qualified Division II. Um, and then full qualifiers, there's a couple things. They can go for a year right out of high school. And then on the flip side, they come to a junior college. And people, to you keep know, the classes done. Then they're able to move on with three years left. So there's there's a uh, misperception of. Information out there on social media and internet, etc., etc., that nobody should have the excuse the about the situation anymore. Whether it's a high school coach or a U coach, I think there's enough information given, enough information out there of what has to be done academically to be in the right situation to where if a Georgia Southern or a florida state or whoever comes in and offers there's not a chance where you don't have
0: to. to final question what will be the andrew college fighting tigers program what will be their identity on the court but more importantly in the community over there in cuthbert um
1: on the court just a on defense and I think a scoring card can eventually come up uh, but I just I'm a firm believer and you have to get some support um, in the community I think we've already hit it off pretty well with you know local schools and, and people in the community everybody's excited about it you know we have had it for 14 years Georgia is a basketball town uh, randolph Play has a rich tradition, rich history of, of success in basketball, and we've been able to get out in the community a little bit and just, um, you know, interact with people, let them know that we're here, but just start making a positive on you kids, so they'll want to... Get to class and, and get those test scores and be able to go on to college. Basketball is their thing. Then hey, go play basketball and do really well there and get your degree. So uh, I think just as a whole, just doing the right thing, help, help build this brand and let people know that we're here doing the right thing and we're, we're, kids, so we're doing the right
0: thing as well. Coach Janie Brooks, I want to thank you for joining the Spielen and Dealing podcast. I am looking forward to seeing the Andrew College Fighting Tigers program grow. Uh, You are a friend of mine. We've become friends, and uh, I wish you the best, and I'm very eager to see you do great things over there in Cuthbert and eventually expand that recruiting pool. I know you got guys from uh, over in Alabama. I want to see you take over the world one day. So uh, good luck this season, and thank you for joining the podcast. Our next guest on the podcast today is Ander Golfsky of the Campbell Fighting Camels. That, that is a that is a tongue twister right there and I'm not going to try and say that 3 times fast because that is a mouthful. But coach, how are you doing? You're the director of basketball operations over there at Campbell. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You
2: know, we just started practice yesterday, so we had our second air practice, so we're kind of getting the swing of things.
0: So uh, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Uh, I'm I'm hanging in there, but you're the man of the hour, so nobody nobody cares about what I have to say. Everybody wants to know what you have to say. <laughs> so we'll jump right into it with the good stuff here. Could you just start off with uh, telling us, uh, I guess I gave him a, a preview. I said you're at Campbell and everything, you're director of basketball operations. But before we get into what you actually are doing there uh, right now, could you just start off with your playing background and uh, – I, I guess we'll move on eventually into how you got there, but could you tell us about your playing background and uh, how you started off in basketball?
2: Yeah, so I, uh, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, been playing basketball my whole life. And, you know, did, did fairly well in high school, nothing crazy. Uh, did play with, with one famous player that some of the listeners may know, Cameron Payne at, at Lausanne Collegiate School. So played with him. We had a pretty good year, uh, my four years there. Then moved on to Birmingham Southern. Um, College in Alabama, played there four years. You know, had had a decent career. Nothing crazy. Um, Just your your average guy that would would go out there and and play defense and rebound and and try to try to not mess up. Really, Um, that's basically what I did. But had had a a solid career and and did well and enjoyed myself. You know, I I would I loved playing and still love playing today. So you know, I was one of those guys that just wanted to keep playing and, and knew at a young age that. I wanted to get into coaching and figured, you know, what the best way for me to get into coaching is to continue to play at the highest level that I can play at. And so that kind of took me to Birmingham Southern.
0: So that kind of leads into my next question. How did you eventually land at Campbell? I know a lot of it is networking, I'm sure, but how did you actually get that job?
2: So after playing at Birmingham Southern, you know, everybody had told me, you know, different ways that I should get into coaching now, should I go to high school? Should I go to junior college? I um, ended up deciding to be a grad assistant at Auburn, so I was a grad assistant at Auburn for one year. Um, graduated after one year with my master's, and then after that, was kind of in that in between area where you try to figure out what's next. Um, you know, it, it ends up at the end of every season, everybody's kind of scrambling if you if you don't have a job looking for one, and it just so happened that one of the guys that I worked with at Auburn, Todd Golden knew one of the assistants at Campbell, Mike McPyle. And then also my high school coach had left my high school and worked and started working at Campbell University at that time as the director of operations. So I kind of had a guy that really knew me well that coached me. Um, That was already at Campbell and then I had a guy who knew somebody that knew me um, already at Campbell. So that kind of helped me and they had a Originally, I had a spot called the Assistant Director of Operations, which in a lot of places is called, you know, the Video Coordinator. Everybody kind of has a different title for it. So that job was available. Um, and, you know, it was open, my high school coach told me about it. And um, Coach Bolden, who was at Auburn at the time, told me about it and kind of started trying to get it. And ended up, you know, the coach at the at Campbell, the head coach, offered the job. And I haven't looked back
0: since. And... We, we know Director of Basketball Operations, that's your title, but could you tell the listeners exactly what a director of operations necessarily does on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely
2: something that those who don't know uh, college basketball and follow it that heavily on um, looking at staffs don't really understand it. You get a, every time I tell somebody what my job is, they, they always ask, what does that mean? Um, so the director of basketball operations – Main job is you know to handle travel, um, to handle the operations side of of bas- of the basketball team, something that nobody really sees. Um, so I handle travel, booking hotels, food, official visits, unofficial visits, um, as well as all different types of things, as in video um, analytics, um, you know, video exchange with other schools, and a lot of different areas as well as, as well one thing that i also help with is you know helping with the recruiting side of it um, trying to identify kids and find kids that we may be interested in um as well as help each at our school one thing that we really do is we we are very high on the analytics side um so each of our coaches has kind of a stat that they look for uh um, head up the operations of analytics for us and put it all together while also Look mainly at rebounding and how can we be a better rebounding team so those are kind of my main focuses as the director of operations at Campbell
0: and I was gonna ask I know you just touched on it a little bit uh how much do you necessarily help in recruiting I know you just talked about the analytical side of things uh is that does that usually differ from school to school would you say uh, as far as how much a, a director of basketball operations does help in recruiting or do you think that's something that uh each school for the most part, uh, they're going to use that, that, uh, that source as another, uh, another voice to help try and get kids to their school. I think it depending on the school. Um, one
2: thing with me, you know, I coached AU a little bit while I was in college. Um, so I kind of had a familiarity with, um, the AU scene, I guess. So that kind of helps me in the recruiting area. Um, but I think it, you know, it depends on the school and the coaching staff. Um, and it depends on you know some some schools you have a, an older guy as your director of ops um, who may be more in the mold of helping with X's and O's um, and then me being a younger guy who's who is you know kind of dives into the recruiting because of my past and, and working at Auburn and things like that that um, recruiting really interested me um, and so I've kind of gotten to have my hand on recruiting more here than probably other schools a director of ops. Um, Just because the coaching staff here has been really great and and allowing me to kind of have my part in it, um, as well as other coaches having, you know, their
0: main part as the assistant coach and head coach leading up the recruiting and all of that. And now, are you going to have the ability to offer players or is that going to be, you know, you like somebody, but you're going to have to run it through the chain of command to see if it checks all their boxes and then maybe an assistant coach or the head coach goes through with an offer? Yeah,
2: usually at our school, um, I will not I will not have the power to do that. Usually we know our head coach offers everybody. Um, you know, he trusts everybody on what they see. But at the end of the day, the prospect's going to play for the head coach. Uh, and so he's going to be the one who makes the final call. And I, I think that's how it is at, at most schools. Um, you know, some, uh, some schools, they may allow you to for other guys, other people on staff. But then again, when some of those guys are offering – you know, potential recruits,
0: does that offer really, is it a true offer per se? Mm -hmm. And you kind of get in that gray area where, you know, some school may offer somebody and it may not be real. Um, So at at Campbell, it's usually just for head coach. And when you're out there in the field looking for these kids, what are the type of characteristics or attributes or just personality traits that you're looking for in a kid that best fits your mold over there at Campbell? But we, we said that we always wanted somebody that could
2: dribble, pass, and shoot uh, because the way that we play all five of our guys on the court, we want them to be able to do all three of those things, dribble, pass, and shoot. Um, but when you say that, it sounds like you're looking for an all-star. Um, so we, that's the main thing that we look for as well as that you a good teammate. Uh, how do you interact with your teammates when your shot's not falling? Can you still have an impact on the game? Um, you know, if if your teammate makes a mistake, are you the one to yell at them? Are you the one to encourage them? And that's something that we really key on because we want to have good kids. Uh, because we feel like if you have the better kids, you have the better team you can have. Because if you have too many bad kids on a team, it's going to be tough to win.
0: And how much would you say you yourself playing in college? How much does that help you as a director of operations over there? Since you've you've kind of been through the trenches as a player, and now you're moving into a, more of a front office role, has that helped out a lot? I think it's helped
2: out a lot um, in some areas, such as relatability to players. Um, you know, being able to pull a player to the side and say, "I've done this." You know, I, I know what you're going through. That that helps. You know, relating to players, saying that you've done it, and and you know, they kind of respect that knowing mean, that you've done it. But I, I don't think that. There's a, you necessarily have to be someone that played in college to do it. You know, there's countless of, examples of guys not even at director of ops or assistant coaches, but head coaches that
0: did not play. And they've been very, very successful. And how important is it to, to build relationships, not only recruiting these players, but even with high school coaches, AAU coaches, parents, families? Uh, I know pretty much everything at the end of the day is going to revolve around relationships. Yeah, relationships
2: are big. Um, that's any, you know, avenue of life, whatever job you're doing, but especially in college basketball, where, you know, the thing that you're going to do in recruiting is you've got to talk to so many people. you got to talk to the kid. you got to talk to the mom or dad. you got to talk to the high school coach. you got to talk to the AAU coach. You may have to talk to his best friend. You may have to talk to his aunt and uncle. There's just so many areas in recruiting, so it really does come back to relationships. And, and one thing I think that, that we do at Campbell University is that we do have great relationships with people because we have a very honest and open relationship with everybody that we deal with, and I think a lot of guys respect that. Um, So I think relationships are key because you want to always have a good relationship because maybe you end up not getting this kid, but you had a great relationship with his high school area. You coach, you know, two years down the line, they've got another guy that you may be
0: interested in, and that helps. What would your advice be for someone – Maybe younger, maybe older. They had a different walk of life. But what would your advice be for someone who's trying to to get their foot in the door as a, a college coach or director of basketball operations or even a film guy? What 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 kind of a uh, lasting advice could you part on them? I
2: would say just don't give up. You know, if it's your dream to do something, just keep doing it. Um, and connections. You know, try to work as many basketball camps as you can, whether it be for money or for not money. And when you do it make an impact on those camps and whatever, you know, make an impact so that the guys remember you. Also, one thing that I think that, that I did, you know, when I was in college and, you know, I've enjoyed as a coach now is handwritten letters. Um, it means a lot, especially, you know, in today's society when someone writes you a letter. So I think, you know, work camps and, and once you do work camp. reach out to guys with a handwritten letter. You know, always try to stay in contact with people because, you At the end of the day, you want to, you know, if a job comes open, you want that coach or that person to uh, remember you and be thinking about you at that time to kind of just try to talk to as many people as you can and make as many connections as you can because connections is the name of the
0: game. Andrew Golski, thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Spielen and Dealing. Campbell, Director of Basketball Operations. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's a, I think this is going to be one of our, our, our better podcast, because I had you on today, I had Jamie Brooks, Andrew College head coach, uh, just a lot of interesting stuff from uh, people that have, have lived the life that are at that next level now. And I know for a lot of high school kids, and even the parents that are listening, it's it's very it's very interesting to see what it takes to get to that level. And I mean, just from the outside looking, I mean, we can read all these articles about what's going on in the NCAA. But to, to, to see what it really takes to get to that level and the inner workings, uh, I just want to really thank you for coming on and really imparting your knowledge to us today.